go ahead and cue up a drum roll because the Maybird Cycling Podcast has a new sponsor, and it is... Me. Bet you didn't see that coming. Uh, buckle up. It's time for some shameless self-promotion. Uh, I'm probably saved in your phone right now as Joe Draper, parentheses, bike guy. Uh, you can go ahead and add a second set of parentheses and put insurance guy. I just started with American Family. We do home, auto, life, commercial, all the good stuff there. So I know a lot of you are used to coming to me uh, with bike questions when you want to know what tires you should be running or uh, what kind of chain you need. Uh, moving forward, if you have any questions about uh, your car insurance or home insurance or if you want to look at life insurance, anything like that, I'm your guy for that too. So you can reach me at 801-671-5412. Love to hear from you folks. Uh, now back to the podcast. Welcome to the captive audience that we have this week. Um, we really like to do kind of like a mandatory orientation podcast episode. Uh, Dan and I were talking and we do really think that like if you're on this team, like the podcast is an important part of it. You know, like this isn't just a group of people you ride with. We really hope you guys want to get better and stuff. This is the easiest way for us to get messages out to you. So to those of you who haven't listened before and are new to the team, welcome. To those of you who are not new to the team and haven't listened before, uh, welcome to you too, but where have you guys been? Yeah, today what we want to do is we just, we have some things that we want everyone to hear, uh, things that are really important to us as, as directors of the team, and and that's why we've made it mandatory, you know, but but hopefully it's it's something that you, you find value in that you would want to do anyway, so. But. Yeah, yeah, so um, yeah, but really excited to have all of you. If this is your first episode, I think a lot of people maybe listened to the first time right after the the team meeting. Was that two weeks ago? Have we done two yeah, episodes since January then? January third. Wow. Yeah. yeah, we've done um, at least one episode since. So. Winter's flying by. I can almost smell spring, or at least that's what I keep telling myself. We'll probably have snow till May again this year. Who knows? Um, but yeah, we're really excited to have everyone on right before we start. Uh, just wanted to say like, like we're going to keep plugging this so hard, like running group on Mondays. I haven't been able to go this, this year. Work's been tricky for me. Running groups are amazing though. You guys should really, really be going to those. And then the Wednesday's Zwift ride for everyone, Maybird or not, like we want a big group of, you know, we've had a lot of fun doing these. And this Zwift ride, like we want more adults to do it. Oh like, yeah. Like if you're a parent and you're, you have a smart trainer and you have Zwift, join us and yeah you're not too fast or too slow like anybody can join these you're de well you're definitely not too fast holy smokes like miles and xander have been just on a tear we had cole last week too um you know like if you want to come and get like a real hard workout in and like great if you but there's come, also people like me that have and if you want to come and just try zwift for the first time great and everything in between and like i said literally anyone your uncle in nebraska can join like this is not just for maybird people anybody can please come ride with us wednesdays Six o'clock. Uh, for those of you who like don't know how to do it, it's that that's totally fine. Basically, you join the Maybird Club on Zwift, and then under rides, you can see like all the different rides you can do on Zwift. Maybird will just be one of them. It's not this, the most intuitive way to find it, but it's the easiest way that Zwift has for now. If you have questions, hit up Dan and I. Like our contact info is out there at this point. You know, we're both on Instagram even, so uh, we want to see as many people coming to those as possible. Um, 
but yeah, we wanted to kind of run over today, like, you know, like a lot of kind of housekeeping stuff. Like this is how the team's going to work, some kind of updates and stuff. Dan has been working his butt off to get everything organized and ready to go with groups. And I, I assume people are waiting eagerly for an update on that, Dan. So like, where are we at? Yeah. So let me just update you on what I'm working on. Like right now I am in the process of kind of going over everyone's race results and kind of looking at what winter training they're doing and trying to put people into different groups. Um, these groups will kind of hopefully become like your, your little team within a larger club. And I, it's, it's been, uh, you know, it's interesting this year, like the guys, like sorting out the guys was super easy. I kind of just took the race results and plugged them into different groups and the groups all turned out pretty even and they all looked really, really good. Um, doing the girls was a little bit trickier. Like I, you know, my, my first draft, we just had like just two groups of girls that were just way, way, way too big. And I kind of had to start over and, and make a new group of girls because we have so many girls this year. We are very close this year to a 50, 50 split. Yeah. And I don't think that like that has probably ever happened on pretty much any cycling club anywhere. That's not like a women's specific team. Like we're very, very proud of that. That's, and you know what, like zero credit to Dan and I, like the, the ladies and the, the folks who've just been like coaching our girls teams, bravo. You guys are killing it, and the numbers show it. Yeah, it, and again, like the the girls on the team are just because I I just love reading like you know their applications and hearing the reasons girls ride versus the versus the guys. guys it's kind of funny, and yeah. So forth and um, but yeah, we just have a lot of really excited, fast girls that um, we just had to kind of make ch- change our structure a little bit to to fit them all. So yeah. It's been, it's, it's such a good problem. So exciting. So. But yeah. And like when roughly, and we don't want to commit to anything, when do you think people can expect to know what like team they're going to be on, who the other riders are, are and stuff? Like when, when do you think we'll be putting that out? Well, I should be, um, I think I've got the groups kind of sorted out and I'll be, um, I'll be adding the different teams to team snap throughout the week. So sometime this week, if you go into your team snap, You'll, and we'll talk a little bit about how Team Snap works in a second, but you, you should be able to see that later sometime this week. Also, um, but before I do that, I will be sending out, like right now I'm working on um, the coaches' assignments. I should have that done, you know, in the next few days. Uh, there are, you know, we have we had a lot of we people. We had so up, many people want to coach this year, which is awesome. Which is Thank so you awesome. so much. Like, Yeah, and we'll try and use as fill as many spots any, as many slots as we can with that, but we might have, you know, just because you applied to be a coach doesn't necessarily mean you will be asked to do it. Um, one thing I did want to point out is so, so in the past, like the groups kind of have like, like kind of like head coaches and then like assistant writers in the past, we've bought like an entire kit for the, the head coaches for each group. And this year it might just be a Jersey depending on our budget. So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll kind of keep you posted on that. And yeah, but those, those should be, I, I should s- send out the spreadsheet I make to the coaches here, like in the next few days, I'm thinking. Yeah. And, and then um, we'll also want to know the team store is closing today. Um, which if people are listening to this, I'd imagine everybody's, I'd imagine if you're listening to this, you've registered, right? So you've registered, got the team store taken care of. Yeah, um, if not, hurry and, you know, pause the podcast, go 
order your team kit. Yeah. Um, I mean, we don't necessarily require require team kits, but you need bike. You need. Here's you need, the thing. Here's the thing. You need equipment anyway. Yeah. Um. You know, like I say, equipment. You need kit. Like, and this is good kit at a very reasonable price. And like, I think if like parents, if you're on the fence about like whether or not to buy your kid kit, we'd love to have you either way. Again, like you do, you definitely don't have to. I think the moment I was like, okay, fine, I'll do this bike thing is when someone handed me a kit. I was like, I guess I've got it. Like this, I guess this is a thing we're doing, right? I remember I was in the parking lot of Solitude and the coach handed me a jersey and bibs and I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm one of these guys now. So I think especially for beginners, like like don't underestimate the motivational value of like just buy your kit a kit, you know? Looking the part. Looking the part, yeah. And, and you know what? You need it anyway. And like if, if you're trying to get your kid to come wearing your old Nash bar shorts that you bought back during the Clinton administration and pulled out of a dusty drawer somewhere, like that's not going to help your kid want to come and ride with you. So like it's, you know, you need the equipment anyway. Yeah. And the thing is, is to get fast, you have to ride most days and to ride most days, you need more than one kit. So. Yep. hundred percent. But yeah. So yeah, that'll be closing today. Get on that. No, you, you, we will say Dan, that won't be your last chance to get Maybrid stuff yeah. for the season. Well, and but... you can still like, if you, if, if someone joins a team in the next few days and hasn't ordered one yet, we can still squeeze them in, but it gets a lot more tricky after today. It gets more tricky. So. And the other thing is like, we want these to be ready for the first I cups and stuff. And like every year it's a strike. And like some years we, we get it and some years we don't like if we can get like the kit order in stat that helps. So, um, definitely get on top of that if you are able to. Yeah. And, and another thing too, is if, if you haven't paid your fees or you've, I, I think there's a lot of people that think they might have, but haven't yet. So just double check, make sure you've paid your fees. Um, if, if not, hurry and just, you know, just send us a Venmo. Um, you know, we, we, you know we, we've, we've been a little tighter on budget this year because of, we have a slight, I mean, we've had a lot of people registering lately, but we are down in numbers a little bit and have a few less sponsors. So um, do jump on and, and pay your fees if you haven't yet. Along those lines, I, there are, I, I just can't thank enough the people that have sponsored the team. And we've even had some families that, have you know donated a little extra money and it it just kind of the kindness just blows me away because a lot of these are coming from people who are already like helping coach and already donating time it's like a lot of because we've been like reaching out and being like hey like you know a lot of like we, and we won't go over it again but like sponsorship is lower this year than it was last year and so we've been kind of reaching out and being like hey like we need we need more and it's like the people who've already been giving are the, were the first to give more right like so we just like thank you guys so much that, that's such a big deal, you know, like, and I'll make, I, I promise, like, 10-second soapbox here, we will make your money go farther making a difference in people's lives than pretty much anything else I can think of. Like, unless you're ladling soup at the, at the, at the you know, like, the homeless shelter downtown, we're number two. Yeah. Right? Handing and out cysts no one's doing that is, anyway. is almost as good. Exactly. No, really, truly. Like, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, I should, I mean, I don't have to tell people that. Like, yeah. whatever you can do is appreciated. Yeah, but, but those that have, have helped us out, just, I, I don't even know where to thank you because you're already doing so much. So thank you so much, everybody. Um, yeah. So let's, we just got some items that we want to go over and just make sure everyone's clear on. And um, yeah. So the, the first one, I just want to talk about team snap. Let's get the number one question. Hey, have I registered? I'm not sure. Like, yeah. So, so when, when people register, I send them an invite to team snap and that should be the confirmation that you registered. A lot of these go to their kids' emails, and the parents don't know that the kid got them. The kids don't ever check their emails. 
So if you didn't get an invite to Team Snap, uh, check your kid's email. If, Stepping back, if anyone doesn't know, Team Snap is the application that this team runs on. This is a really big team. And, and um, I think it seems like Team Snap is pretty ubiquitous these days. I think but, a lot of people, if you haven't touched it before, you have to. Like, please, 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 please use this app. It makes everything so much easier. And and really quick, just to kind of explain, there's the there's Maybird, and then there's your individual team. Those are different things. Like, I coach the green team. I don't do a whole lot with, like, the purple team, you know? Like, this team is big, and it's spread out. So there's two different teams that you belong to. There's the Maybird Club, and then there's whatever team you're going to be assigned to, either riding for or coaching with. Um, with TeamSnap, when you go into the app, there's two different views. So if you click at the top of the screen, it'll either say, like, mine says Maybird, or it'll say Green Boys or something like that. Both of those are important. Um, and you have to be checking both. Like, and I, I'm, I'm and you might like, also see like your Olympus mountain bike team, yeah, or a lot your, of other teams use this, or too. your baseball team, or you know, like a whole bunch of teams use it, and you can toggle between different teams. Yeah, and this is like when we get into riding and stuff. Like, it basically, like one of the main functions of it is telling coaches whether or not you're coming. We can't have everything run off a group chat where it's like, oh, little Davey saying, oh, I'm coming, but then I'm 15 minutes late and then I'm not coming or whatever. Like, you go into Team Snap and you click, I'm coming or I'm not. And there's a maybe option that I hate, that I wish they'd get rid of. And basically for me as a coach, when I show up and I'm at Round Valley waiting to ride, I can see like, okay, this is the group of kids we're expecting today, right? And then if, if, like, if somebody's not there, I know to be like, hey, where are you at? Or we might start riding. Here's how you can catch us. Or hey, we're going to wait for you. What we don't want is like my group starts riding and then little Timmy's mom drops him off and no one's there. Because we already started and Timmy didn't say he's coming on Team Snap. So like this is an absolutely crucial thing that you have to use or it throws a wrench in the system really bad. And another thing too is like when, you're, when your coaches will, will send out the schedule for the week on Team Snap, they'll send out the invites. Try and accept those as early as you can. Because I've had a lot of coaches cancel rides because nobody said that they were coming on Team Snap. And the coach just kind of figured, well, why bother? But the thing is, they really actually did want to come. They just didn't say they wanted to come. So as soon as, like, accept or, or decline your rides as soon as, as early as possible. So coaches can know, like, how much help they're, like, a coach can look at that and see, like, oh, wow, 20 people are showing up. Right, 20 people are showing up. I need up. some help. Yeah, and I can be like, I can, like, hit up my brother Jacob and be like, hey, I really need another guy to kind of pinch hit for me today. So, um, and like, and you know what, like there are people on this team who aren't new and don't use it. And I would always like, I had some boys on my team who were like serial offenders and I will make fun of you in the parking lot if you show up and you're not on team snap. Yeah, so you got to so use, use team snap. It's not that hard. It's clicking a, clicking in an icon. Yep. You know, it should it, be on your home screen at least during the season. So, yeah. um, um, another thing, and this is something I cannot overemphasize is that, so Team Snap is basically how I, how we as directors communicate with the team, how your coaches are going to communicate with you. It's how we communicate. It's the main way we communicate. You know, I can't like send some people text messages and other people emails. And, you know, if, if you want to be in the loop, you're going to have to use Team Snap. Yep. But the, the main, so we have like the main group the, that's the entire club with like 200 riders and I don't know how many adults or family members There's are tied probably to that. 500. There's usually like 400 people yeah. tied to this. So anytime you send a message to the main Maybird group, mm -hmm. you know, 400 people's phones are going to buzz. Right. So if you're like, hey, running 10 minutes late, that is for 
the yellow boys team. That's not for the Mayberg team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, just as a heads up and like, make sure to look and, and like for me, most of the time my team snap lives in my team version because day to day, week to week, I, that's where we're talking. I accidentally folks. sent one out yesterday on the main snap. Like, yeah. Just by mistake. So. Right. So don't be Dan. Yeah. Because everyone's gonna laugh at you now because you sent a message and, out to four hundred people. And I know, I know some people that turned off their notifications because they were so sick. Yes. Of getting like messages um, that probably could have gone directly to the head coach or directly right. to yeah. So so really try to use the entire group chat judiciously. Yeah. Like most of what you need to ask, like, like I don't know what do you ever need to tell the entire team. I can't, yeah, I'm like having a hard time. Like, I don't know why that functionality is there. But I mean, it is. And if you ever need to there use are, it, there like, are definitely times. Sure. Yeah. But most of the time, it probably would need to maybe just go to me or, you know, if it's within your individual group that you get sorted into, use that all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, but yeah, just use the main group chat judiciously. So. Yeah. Um, and another thing I'm going to do soon too is I want to post all the races that Mayberg plans on being at early, like the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. And that'll include the national race series will be officially announced here soon. Um, and I'm going to post all those. ICUPS will probably be announced. ICUPS soon. have been announced. ICUPS a have while. been announced. Yeah, they've oh, got really? their. Yeah, they're. Oh wait, you're right. No, they did already. They're way this. more on the ball than the national. Isn't it funny how that yeah, works? It's yeah, it's not not really funny actually. But um, yeah. So I will announce all the all the races that Maybird will be involved with, and so people can kind of look at that and plan which ones are going. And you can go through and kind of let us know which ones you're planning on participating and so forth. Um, if you're not going, I really don't need to know that you're not going. But if you are going, it's nice to know that you are. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, just a real quick the next thing I want to talk about is just kind of our schedule real quick. I, I get asked this a lot. Um, so what we typically do is usually in like, I mean, maybe in late February, early March, a lot of the groups, especially some of the more, you know, the groups with high school aged kids will do some meetup rides in St. George. Mm-hmm. Sometimes um, some of the groups do a little, they're a little more involved. Other groups it's kind of more casual, you know, Hey, we're going to be riding in St. George. If you can make it down, let's meet up and do a big ride. Super fun part of the spring. Um, that should be happening. Like I said, late February, early March also. And then usually next, you know, usually in March when they're, aren't a whole lot of dry trails. You know, that's when your team, your groups will do skills clinics. Um, I don't care how many skills clinics you've been to or how awesome you are at doing drops or rock gardens or what. Go to, go to the skills clinics. Yes. Um, you're not too good for them. You're Congratulations. Not you still have things you can learn. Nobody's been to more skills clinics than me. And every time I go to one, I, I ride away a better rider. World Cup mountain bike riders have skills coaches. You're not too good for them. Please come. Yeah. So please come to the, yeah. Um, in fact, that's honestly skills is one of the main limiters to becoming like a World Cup level cyclist. There's, there's people that have the fitness that don't have the skills, you know? And oh yeah. No, I can tell you that like on average, my kids are super, super, super strong and fit kids who need skills work. Like it's, it's very rare that it's the other way around, like kids who have adequate skills, but inadequate fit. It's almost always like fit kids who are, you know, doing schema and whatnot, but like, like mountain biking is a specific skill. And if you can hone it, like 
I've, I've been going to these skills clinics for the past four or five years. I used to be a notably bad descender and I feel like I'm one of the better ones in my group now and it's helped me tremendously in racing. So like, please, please, please come to those. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and then as soon as, you know, as, as trails become available and dry up, you know, you'll start seeing rides. Some, some of the coaches are really creative and figure out places to ride earlier than others, but hopefully we can, we can get, get you riding sooner than later. Um, you know, a, a lot of what we talk about, you know, as, as we kind of move forward, you know, and about this podcast too, is a lot of what we talk about on this podcast is more kind of more dedicated towards like what advanced, like people that are trying to advance in the sport would need to know. Like I'm, I'm good and I want to get better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for junior Devo riders, if, if your kid is in junior high right now and is just raced junior diva races or, or just getting into junior Devo. Like I know we've got some yeah. really young kids on the team. Like a, a lot of the stuff we talk about is probably over complicated and in the weeds. If you know, if you're a junior diva rider, your goal is to ride more, develop some skills and have fun. Yep. That's it's, it. That's literally it. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Like if, if you're dad, if you're a junior diva rider and your dad's making you do intervals, um, tell him to stop. Yeah, like yeah. You, you, yeah, that so. is never conducive to like long term success in the sport. Just have you know like have fun, ride with friends. Yeah, have, ride a lot, ride a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get better, do skills, yeah. do, ride with people who are better like than you, learn some cool tricks. Yeah. yeah, if you want to chuck your hat into some racing, great. If you don't, don't. Like no, like we would definitely encourage like a low pressure approach for. The really young, the but young you know, if you are a parent of a junior diva rider, we do want you to listen to this podcast. You probably don't have to force your kid to yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I, I think it'll help you know some things that that'll help them as they advance throughout high school and into college and and so forth. That'll help them prepare to be a, a lifelong athlete. Because really, so I want to talk about like our podcast just for a minute. Um, one of one of the, the biggest priorities of Maybird is is education. There's so many kids out there that just want to follow a plan, be told exactly what to do, and and that's all well and good as long as someone's always there telling you exactly what to do. As long as there's always that extra 100 bucks a month in your budget to be paying somebody to tell you exactly what to do and to babysit you as an athlete, then that'll work. But You know, and even if you are paying someone to do that, it's so much better if you have a good background and understanding of why they're telling you what to do and so forth. So, um, cause, cause really if, if this podcast had a goal and a purpose, it's to help turn our motivated writers into lifelong athletes. And a lot of the information that we, we talk about is really geared towards that. And I, I get, I just see so often kids that are, are talented and good that are just doing some things that seem like they're moving forward, but eventually probably is going to move them backwards, you know, and um, Joe and I have made all the classic mistakes in the book. We've made them for you. Can yeah. We, let, let us tell you about them, you know, exactly. Literally almost everything we tell you not to do on this podcast is something I've done to like an almost hilarious degree. Um, so yeah, so, so please, please, you know, take some time, listen to it. We, we talked, we've done podcasts a lot about just like 
general fitness, um, about how to structure your training, about motivation, about how to avoid burnout, about overtraining, just really, really valuable topics. Um, so go back and listen to some of the, the past top uh, podcasts we've done. We're going to readdress a lot of these things, but, you know, just go back and listen to some. I, I think it's, it's just a really, like, I think if you're not, you're really missing out on a huge part of being part of this club. Yeah, 100%. And, and I, I see some kids doing things that I know are going to probably lead to trouble, and I know that they're not really listening and not, you know, yeah. so... Yeah. So there we yeah. go. But, you know, and, and like I said, really, the, the whole goal of this podcast is to help these excited, like, like there's just so much excitement in Nike right now. And these kids are excited about riding bikes. And and I just want to make that so that they're just as excited when they're 25, when they're 35, when they're 55 and when they're 75. And, you know, exercise is really the only medication for mitochondrial function and your vo2 max is probably the greatest predictor of like what your life's going to be like when you're older like how capable you're going to be you know when you're 80 do you want to be able to walk up and down stairs yeah i do you know like i think a shocking number of people like i i you know like working with a lot of people working healthcare and stuff like a shocking number of people get to their 60s and 70s and their quality of life really starts to plummet because they're they're weak and they have uh, like osteoporosis and they, f- they have falls and stuff like that. Um, you know, or like, like I think a lot of people like are constantly battling high blood pressure and like, uh, be, like, uh, like the complications that come from being overweight and stuff. Like, and there was this, uh, like a big chunk of my, when I was younger where like, those were things I was dealing with. Like, this is, I mean, I, I, I don't know if you mean pitch like how many dollars you're going to save in healthcare costs by just riding your bike. I guarantee it's enough to pay for a new bike every two or three years and some kit. Yeah. You know, I mean, hopefully we're doing something now that's going to make you smile a lot more when you're 70. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. And, and again, like, like we've, we'll say it so many times. It would be so cool if a Maybird kid won a world cup someday. I'd, I'd, I'd love it. But like, it's really not like the goal here is like lifelong athletes who are healthy, happy people, you know, and, and the more I do this and the more I learn about it and the wiser I get, the more I realize the importance of a well-guided athlete development and, and it's something that might be a little counterintuitive initially to an overexcited parent or, or so forth. But I mean, and, and the thing is, is the more talented, the more naturally talented a, a kid is and the more, capacity that this kid might have to one day become a professional athlete the more seriously athlete development needs to be taken because i know like the 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 motivational cliche is like not talent's not enough you got to work hard i'm like that's not enough like i've seen so many talented kids work so hard and like you know dig a tunnel to nowhere you know i i think um you know, like, like I, I, you know, I think you said one time, it's like, you need, you have to be really cautious with this because you're kind of playing with fire. I think when you've got like a lot of like motivate, you know, and, and, and we were saying yesterday, we were doing this, we were doing Grandeur Peak yesterday with a big group of Maybird kids, which was awesome. We were like, this is like such a cool, motivated group of kids who are willing to like do hard things and stuff. And it sucks so bad when you've got talent and hard work that's just not like that's directionless. You know, when you've got kids swinging the hammer really, really hard and doing all the right things, it's like, I, I really hate it. It's such a simplistic approach to me. 
when people are like, oh, if you're talented and you work hard, you'll make it. Like, that is not true. I've, I've seen so many kids who are talented and work hard not make it. So, like, if you're a parent listening to this, because I know you're mo- motivated too, parent who's listening to this who can tell that their kid has some talent and can do some stuff, like, just pushing them more and making them ride more and making them ride harder is not it. And it may even be, like, the opposite of it. You might be pushing them in the wrong direction. So, like... I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much we can like plug this and it's like, we're not experts. Like the stuff we're telling you is like basically, I mean, we, we don't have degrees in this. We're trying to carefully like collect good science backed, like common sense, you know, like, like don't do. We're, we're just sharing things we learn in our process of being less stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Like don't, you know, we're telling you like not to do like 30 second sprint intervals in January. Like it's not rocket science, but I really think I see so many kids being derailed by things that are so preventable. But, you know, like one thing that's that's been huge on my mind lately and I feel really strongly about and this especially applies for kids that are talented, that do Mm -hmm. have good enough talent that they could eventually become a professional athlete is that Mm -hmm. is is motivation that, um, you know, I, I think kids in this, in this camp, I think it's even more important that, that the motivation for these kids shifts from being motivated by the joy they experience in the sport rather than the ego that's satisfied through the sport. Because if, if this is something you truly love to do and it's something that truly brings you joy you're going to be able to withstand all the challenges that, that come in your way to becoming a truly elite athlete. But if it's just something that kind of strokes your ego and, and you're more ego-driven, you know, that, that doesn't lend to longevity. You know, you're you're going to reach a point where discouragement is going to stop you from progressing at one point. I'm going to share a thought here, and you might ask me to cut this, so I don't know if anyone will ever hear this. I think and, and like I think wanting to be the best is a bad motivator <laughs> because you will never be the best. There is no the best. Like Matthew Vanderpool got beaten yesterday by Wout Van Aert in, in Benidorm. You know, like Tade Pogachar is beatable. Keegan Swenson is beatable. There's always going to be someone who can beat you, even if you're the best overall. Like, I think, I think a lot of these kids have, like, this motivation, like, I'm going to be the best ever. And it's like, maybe they get to nationals and they realize they're not. Maybe they get through nationals and they get to Europe and then they realize they're not. Maybe they get to the World Cup and they realize they're not. Like, I think if you're just doing this because you want to be better than everyone else, you're going to hit a wall at some point, unless you're Nino Schurter. And I think the odds are you're probably not. And, like, and like that, and, and, like, I think a lot of people might hear that and be like, oh, then what's the point? It's because this is awesome. This is the best. Like, I, I have... Um, I've, I've, I've always thought like what my life would be like if I didn't have this kind of fun thing that I'm constantly chasing, this really healthy carrot to like, to chase where it's like, I want to go ride because I want to be better. I want to be able to keep up with, you know, like one of my goals, like I really want to be able to go on Bart Gillespie rides again. You know, like I had the fitness to do that at one point and then I lost it through college and I want to get that back. You know, like I want to be able to do a pro I cup again, you know, but my goal is not to be on top of every single podium I ever do because you know, like I, I'll never race again because you're never going to win every race. You know, like, think of the best rider you know. Someone can beat them badly, you know? Um, so and like that's I, exactly why we have TBY in our shorts. Yeah. It's really because, like, you know, we we can't really control how well we compare with other people. Yeah. But we can always, you know, we can always be a better version of ourselves. Like, looking and, like a pro, having sponsors and all, like, it's it's not, 
if 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 that if you like that, that's fine. But that cannot be what motivates you, or or just like stop stop wasting time doing this and do something else. Because like the the like there is an inevitable end of the road, probably closer than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I know I hope that's not like demotivational. I think that should be the most motivational thing ever. That like. I love this. I guarantee I love this as much as any paid professional cyclist. I guarantee it, even though I'm not one. Yeah. So if this sport isn't bringing you joy, you're doing something wrong. And we need to, oh, we, yeah. need, we need to work on it and fix yeah. it and get you back to where it brings you joy again. Because the, so, the worst thing is, is when we see kids selling the bike. I was, I was like, just going to say, like, agree that like, you know, um, I, I remember one time I, I got a message that came to the Skyline team chat and this kid's like, he, should, he has a picture of a bike. He's like, I'm selling my XC bike. I'm finishing Nike, so I won't need an XC bike anymore. And I'm just like, that is so sad. You know, yeah. like, what's the point? What's the point of these last three or four years if you're just going to, like, not ever do it again and then you don't get those health benefits throughout the rest of your life, you know? Um, you know, then a lot of the things we're saying really don't matter. I mean, you can go ahead and burn yourself out or whatever you know that's the beauty of the sport is it's not football or baseball or basketball that you play in high school and then never do again you know like that's the whole idea is that it's the it's the lifelong thing yeah so hopefully we're you know one one thing that we really hope this podcast does is help like help shift the motivation more inward less outward i mean it's always going to be kind of on a pendulum a little bit oh sure yeah but you know because i i mean i'm a guy that'll like if i did a 20 four mile ride on Strava. I'll round it up to 25 just cause I, you know, the, yeah. standing but, on podiums is awesome. Like I, I yeah. don't want to like undersell that, but that can't be the why. Yeah. So I think we kind of, yeah, you know, uh, I hope you guys are motivated. I hope you're excited and I hope you're planning on doing some cool things this season. Um, let's talk a little bit next about the culture of the team. Yes. Um, the other day, someone, just the other day, someone was telling me about one of our riders that was, well, Ben Bigwood, when he did his just amazing, legendary performance at Frog oh, Hollow, yeah. um, someone was saying that, you know, he was passing a lot of kids, he was passing a lot of people, but every time he passed, it was like in the most friendly and polite way possible. Well, this guy was saying he was like, he, that he, Ben passed him like every lap. And he said that like he was like who is this freak show who just keeps passing me every single lap? But he was like he was like he was like the most polite writer I'd ever encountered out on the trail. And and I've heard that too. Like one one time, um, I was at a let's see which race was it? It was tw- uh, twelve hours of Mesa Verde. And yeah, and someone's like, oh, you're with this Maybird group, and they go, every writer of yours is just so polite and friendly. It's amazing. And when I hear stuff like that, oh, that's it's the best. It's payday. Nothing it's makes the me happier. Best. Uh, the the culture of this team is extremely important. I, I I just think it is so important that if someone runs into a neighbor rider on a trail or or pretty much anywhere, yeah, that it's a pleasant experience. That we are nice friendly, cool, not obnoxious people. Yeah. Um, you, you know, like, like, often, like, like, I want neighbor kids to like hold doors for people at the store, you know, like it's, I, I, I think that, um, you know, like this, this team's really important to me. 
You know, like, I remember like we we always like like every year like we get to like my brothers and I get together and like it's mostly Andrew these days, but like we would like design the kit that we all wear together. You know, like all of my friends and stuff are the people who helped me like start this team. Like being a part of this team is awesome, and I really really want it to like reflect well on all two three hundred people that ride for the team. You know, and and I think that like it attracts cool people too. You know, like not everyone in cycling is cool. Like I've known some people in cycling who are jerks. You know, yeah. but like they're not on this team, and that's what I love. Yeah. So, you know, we did about a year ago, we did, we did an episode and it was like, don't be a dick or something. Yeah. Um, go back. No, and I think it was, don't be a terrible person. Don't be a terrible person. That was person. last year's mandatory. Listen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, go back and listen to that. I think, I think that's worth a good listen. Um, I just think it's important that we develop better emotional intelligence, you know, that we're aware mm -hmm. of other people, we're aware of what we do and how that makes other people feel. You know, one pet peeve of mine is when, when people like Mayward writers shouldn't swear excessively. That's just, it's annoying. It's inconsiderate of other people. Um, and I mean, and you guys are intelligent enough to think of other words to use, you know, it's just it's like, be classy, be classy. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that, that's super important or important is that our enjoyment doesn't come at the cost of other people's enjoyment. You know, that's one reason we like to have only small groups show up to use trails. And that we like, that's why we schedule these rides so that not, every, not the, like Maybird is never collectively at Corner Canyon at any one given time. I mean, yeah. Um, it, it's just... I just want people to know that if they're running into a Maybird group, it's going to be a pleasant experience. Yeah. And if you're, if you're someone that can't be a pleasant person and you're always like being a dick on the trails or, you know, go, go find another team. Yeah. You know? Like it's we'll like, send you your money back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the next thing I want to talk about, we won't talk, we won't spend much time on this today because Joe's going to go into deeper dives later on this, but uh, about the equipment we use, um, this is a cross country team. Mm -hmm. We are, you know, we are focused more on endurance sports. We, I mean, skills is an incredibly important part of it. Um, but I do remember like I was at one of the NICA races and one of the race directors called me like 11 o'clock at night and said that um oh the, yeah the, the mechanic yeah the, the bike it. shop that was going to do the neutral support build could you come fill in so i got to be the mechanic all day and it was really really interesting because like the like so i started with like the varsity racers you know and like they had no mechanicals, like pretty much. Yeah. Like very, yeah. very few. I did help a few of them with their bikes before the race. And these bikes were just really light, fast cross country bikes with, with fast tires and clipless pedals and so forth. But then as the day went on, you know, and we, you know, towards the end of the day, I was working with some of the, like the JVD and E riders and the bikes were completely different. Um, they were really not necessarily cheaper yes different. different and i want to hit that we're, we're not knocking people for like not having enough money to buy a fancy bike that is not what we're saying here we're saying different yes they were like heavier bikes with unnecessary amounts of suspension um mm -hmm. they were just too big and 
you know, with, with like the platform pedals and soft shoes and so forth. And, you know, and honestly, that's part of the reason, like a lot of these kids, if they had the right tool for the job, could be racing in a different Oh, you stick them on the trainer? I bet a lot of them have close to varsity power. I really do. You know, it's, that's not necessary. I mean, it's not, you know, on average, probably not, but like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing to me how much difference the, and it's always the same things I hear from these people. Like, well, well, this isn't the only thing I do. I want a bike that can handle everything. And then, and for this, I, I really hope that this doesn't come off like condescending. I have been riding bikes for over a decade now. I think I'm pretty good at it. I could maybe get something because I ride a bike with 120 mils of suspension right now. I could probably get something out of a bike with 140. I really couldn't get much out of a bike with 160. The num- and I'll explain what those numbers mean later in later episodes. The number of people I see at Nike races who have been riding for like 24 months or less on a bike with 160 millimeters of travel is insane. Like it's crazy. You know, like if you if you're Dawson Fonger. Yeah, you can get something out of a big bike. If you're like Andrew Draper, I think you get something out of a big bike. For you and I, Dan, how much, like, like you know, and I, I can understand, like, if I had all the money, like, maybe I'd have a bike that was slightly bigger than my cross-country bike, but, like, and, and again, we'll have a whole episode on this, and we'll go into it more. Like, you don't need a bike that can do it. Like, if I bought you a Formula One car, how much good would that do you? Like, very, like you can't, you don't know how to use it. It's like a tool that's useless to you, right? Um, so I, I think that, like, like the amount of money that this sport costs is not negligible. And the fact that you're spending disposable income on it is a big deal. We really, really want to make sure you make wise choices with how you spend your money here. Because like we said, these JV bikes were not like they crap. Were they were still nice bikes. They were just the wrong bikes. You know, and there's so many bros that work at bike shops that are going to tell you like this big heavy bike climbs just as well as a cross country bike. It's, it's not true. I bet I could list almost every single production mountain bike you can buy in North America right now. None of them with 150 mils of travel climb like a cross-country bike. End yeah. of story. So so basically what we're trying to say here is, you know, if, if going fast in races is your goal, there's bikes that make that easier. Yes. That, and there's tires that make it easier. And there's pedals that make it easier. And... Um, and there will be more coming on this. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot more There's about this. There's a lot this. more coming on this. Um, just, you know, just be careful when you're when you're getting advice from a bro at the bike shop. The really nice kid the, at the bike shop is is like I don't because because like, we had, you know, we had a kid, one of our riders. He he won the state championship on a used hardtail mm-hmm. with with mismatched wheels, mm-hmm. but. It was the right tool for the job, and he didn't spend a whole lot of money on it. No. No, like, we will never tell you that you need to spend $10,000 on a bike. If you want to, let's talk. Like, I've got some cool stuff I can show you, but, like, you really, really don't need to. Yeah. That's not the point. But you need to pick the right one. We will push you on that. And let me throw this out. Like, like clipless pedals, um, you know, if, if you're new to the sport, this is your first season, you're fine riding platforms. Um and that's great. That's a great way to start out. In fact, I probably wouldn't start out on clipless pedals. Yeah, I'd never take someone on their first mountain bike ride on clip. On cli- we should say, we clip, should say in. clip in. Pedals. Clip in. Clip in makes is a little more intuitive. I, we won't get into that. Clipless, clipless mean the same thing. It's, it's that versus like flat pedals. But if this is your second season, um, it's time. It's time. It's, <laughs> yeah. 
It's and the reason that that clip-in pedals are better aren't because of the pedal itself. It's because of the shoe you can wear. Yeah, it is so much faster. And there's people that are going to tell you that it's not, but they those people they are wrong. They're wrong. I will debate them to yeah. the hilt. Like yeah, you know you don't wrong. see very many guys in World Cups wearing five tens. Nope. So. No. You so, know yeah. what? You don't see very many guys in Enduro or Downhill World Cups. On, I mean, like, sure. Like, you've got uh, – there are a couple in the Enduro world. But, like, it's you really should be clipping in. Yeah. And and this is something that, you know, um, we'll, we'll probably talk more about this later. But, you know, when, when you get a pair, go to a grassy field, ride around for an hour or two on the grassy field, and clip in and out 100 times. Yep. And you'll get pretty good at it. Yep. It, it, it took my wife – one ride to get used to it and and it takes some people longer than others just be patient mm-hmm. it is worth it It will not cause you to crash except for one time in a parking lot you will have one time in a parking lot and it'll be embarrassing yeah. but you'll get over it yeah so but again if if you're brand new this is your first season flats are fine you do learn some good yeah you know but usually those those things you learn are more about like jumping and bunny hopping than yeah like they always say that like kids like you should learn to bunny hop with flats and i'm like Okay, sure. Yeah, I think you should learn to bunny hop with flats. There we go. Sure. But but other than that, and jumping, probably, yeah. Yeah, you can do but that with clip-in pedals, though. I learned how to bunny hop wearing street shoes on clip-in pedals, right? So. Like, it's, yeah, so yeah, definitely clip-in. Okay, so let's move on. The next thing I want to talk about is, and this is super important, a uh, big part of Maybird is our group rides. Yes. Um, kind of the biggest touch point with Maybird, I think. Yeah. Um, and... Let me just kind of explain a concept that I think a lot of parents probably won't believe me on, but it's true. And and that's you you really, really get fat. And first of all, again, like this, if, if you are a junior Devo age rider, if you're a junior high school yeah. age rider, just ride a lot and have fun. Yeah. Okay. We're talking high school on We're, up here. So how you really kind of get to the next level and get faster on a bike and get better fitness is by doing kind of two different types of rides. One, the, the first one is just accumulating a lot of time in kind of a fat burning, slow twitch, steady state, just accumulating a lot, a lot of time. It's just purely riding a lot, riding. not that fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then occasionally, occasionally, going on rides or doing workouts that are so hard where you're kind of like finding your limits, you're pushing them, you're getting really, really uncomfortable, but only occasionally. And kind of finding the right dosage of mm-hmm. each is, is the magic, you know. Um, but riding as hard as you can every time you get on a bike is only going to make you faster if you're a beginner. You know, Like a real – I mean, you plateau – I think surprisingly fast on that yeah, strategy. Yeah, and you'll plateau on that strategy about halfway. And it only know, works to the extent months. that you're, like, riding a lot. Like, that's what it serves, you know. Like, you probably see similar benefits riding not as hard, you know. So so riding a lot at a truly aerobic pace combined with some workouts that are really, really hard and push you mm-hmm. is is kind of how you get fast, you know. And um, But the thing is, is I think a lot of people – expect the group ride to be that hard ride that really, really pushes you. And, and the problem, there's a couple problems with that is one, it's really, really hard to have a group where a hard group ride pushes 
everyone in that group to that level. Yeah, where like some people are going to be so deep in the pain cave that they never want to see a bike again, and other people are going to be bored. And I've been, you, I mean, usually on the former for me, but like that, it's, it doesn't like, and like I said, like some group rides are going to be hard just because of the place you're riding or like, you know, you do some challenging skill stuff. But like, if like, I think we're really talking to the parent here who's kind of hoping that their kid gets put on a team where every ride is a death march. And that's not, that's not a great way to do it. We found it, it really isn't. It's really hard to get in a group that would push you to that perfect point. Yeah. You know, and, and falling off the back of a group is like is getting dropped good. is not beneficial because then you're not getting pushed anymore. Yeah. Then your motivation just flies out the window yeah. and you're actually pushing a lot slower than it's, you it's would be bad. if you were really still. Want to yeah. avoid that. Getting dropped off the back of a group is, is not a good thing. It really isn't beneficial. No. Um, but. Uh, another thing with like expecting hard group rides to be your your magical workouts is they really don't send as clear of adaptive signals as more structured type workouts do and it tends to take more time to recover from a hard group ride than it would like a more structured type workout because really it's it's almost like like hard group rides can almost become more like a race you know, and it, it takes longer to recover from a race. It's basically like the bang for your buck training wise isn't as good. Yeah. No, there is a place for them. Yes. And they are very beneficial. Yeah. But, you know, you wouldn't like sign up for two races a week, every week. No. You know, that's, that would be really hard to do two midweek races every week, you know. So there's a place for them, but that's not really the goal of these, these group rides. See, I, and I think like there's just going to have to be some trust where like, like we, I say we really Dan, cause you're the one who does is like Dan knows what he's doing when he's putting your kid into a group and you know, we're not always right. Cause we only really have numbers to go. We don't know everyone. Right. But like Dan really does like look at race results and stuff and, and be like, you know what? Like this group of kids here, maybe even putting age aside, like this group of kids is going to be well-matched. Like a well-matched group is magical and a poorly matched group is a disaster. And I've coached both. And like poorly, 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 like poorly matched groups. There's a kid who's always like right in my wheel. Who's like talking and not even breathing. Like, Oh yeah. What are your favorite tacos? And then there's always some kid who's having like a traumatic experience at the back of the group and is going to have to bring it up in therapy in five years. Like that's not a good, the best group is when everybody is, is at a similar skill level and, you know, I should say, like, the group rides where people push you, like, where you get pushed, are still going to happen because we live in oh, Utah. Yeah. It's fun. Like, there's going to be hard group rides. Yeah. But, like, it's real. like, you don't want your kid. And it's weird because you'd think parents would be like, oh, my kid's getting pushed too much. It's almost always people who want their kid to get pushed harder. Yeah. Isn't that, isn't that funny? Yeah. And kind of counterintuitive. Right? And even kids who want that. But it's not, like, it's a bad long-term strategy. And, you know, and, and really, as far as, like, having someone – push you and motivate you to do a workout harder that's kind of best done with a training buddy yeah like what like yeah, yeah. With you and another guy like you if you, like, yeah, you if and you your go two do friends, your hard workout together that's awesome with you and Susie and sally love to go and push you that's great but when it's like eight people that never works yeah so so let me just be clear on you know the 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 way the number one way that everyone listening to this podcast is going to get faster is to ride more Yep. To do more of that aerobic, steady training. And, you know, and then when it's time to push yourself hard, go really hard. Yeah. But, but let me just 
talk about like kind of the purpose of these of our group rides. Um, the first one is is just so it's just just to increase our volume and frequency of riding. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people think it's about how hard you push yourself every time. It's really not. It's it's mostly about your frequency and the volume of riding that you're doing. Um, also, one of the purpose of, of the, our group rides is just to add some variety. Mm-hmm. You know, it really kind of forces you to ride with some people you haven't ridden with before. It to ride with like coaches you haven't ridden with before to ride in places that you normally wouldn't go. I mean, sometimes just to spread people out, we send people to kind of obscure trailheads that, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of kids that are from like the Draper corner Canyon area haven't ridden anywhere other than Draper and corner Canyon. Cause it's in their backyard. I don't blame them. Yeah. I mean, they've got like Dra- shoreline was in my backyard when I was in high school and I mostly rode shoreline. Yeah. And like the other thing is like, like with your coaches and stuff too, like I had at my disposal last year and it was amazing. I had Xander Lyman, Jacob Draper and Andrew Draper at my disposal is like part-time assistant coaches last year. And I would just like intersperse them through the group where I'd be like, this kid I think needs work with his skills. Go ride behind Xander for a minute and just watch how he rides the bike. Like there's so much to be learned from just riding with different people. And then, I mean, there's like the social thing too, that you're going to meet a lot of other kids. And like, I know people all over the Valley now because of cycling, not just people in my neighborhood. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, I think just for you as a cyclist, like having that variety of like different people and situations to ride in. And then the other thing I think is like really forcing you out of your comfort zone to maybe like ride a trail that you would not go ride on your own. And like, that's good for you. You know, it's so like the group rides are like, I mean, we've, you've said before that the group rides are the magic of NICA. Really? And I really agree. And you know, we did a podcast a little while ago about, um, we talked about the self-determination theory and, and that's by like Edward DC and Richard Ryan and, and they talked about like three things that really foster higher motivation. And the first was autonomy, meaning you kind of do something because you love it and yeah. it's something that you want to do. The second's competence, you know, because you're good at it. It, it helps motivate you to, to do it more. But the third one he talked about is relatedness. And that is really just kind of being part of a community, you know, being part of a team that you don't want to let down, being part of a, a group that you feel like a belonging to. And that's really kind of the hard to explain portion of these group rides. Like we admit that like group rides aren't perfect zone two training. No. And and that's fine. Like mm-hmm. your training doesn't have to be sterile. Yeah. Like if we, if we wanted to like do by the textbook, by the science, I would have everyone ride trainers all the time because that's how you get like perfect sterile training. And that would just, that's again, it's not our goal on this team. The goal on this team, lifetime athletes. And, and, and that part of the, the group rides, it's hard to explain how important it is, but I, I truly like once kids kind of start thinking they're too good for their group rides, the, the, it, it seems like, the future isn't too bright after that point. So no continue, like go on the group rides, have fun, enjoy being with other people. Um, it's, it's just, it's kind of the part that's really hard to explain the benefit, but I just know that once you start kind of leaving that out of the equation, you're not, you don't spend a whole lot of time on the bike after that point, really. You're never too good for it. So it's super important, but, the main goal and probably the most important reason that we do group rides is for enjoyment. Yeah. They should be fun. 
Oh, it yeah. It should be fun. Because, like, it's just a really, really good virtuous cycle because when you're having fun, you're going to ride more. When you ride more, you're going to get fit. When you get fit, it's more fun. When it's more fun, you're going to ride more. When you ride more, you get more fit, and you just keep spiraling upward and upward. And, and group rides are just such a huge part of that. Yeah. I never would have gotten as into the sport as I am without group riding. Like, cause I think the best, and the best thing for me as a cyclist was the stuff I was doing on my own. It was my daily rides on shoreline where I was going out like though, I think that's really what like built me up as an athlete. Like, not that I'm anything amazing or anything, but like, that's what really got, but like the spark that got that was like, I'm riding with this group and I want to be able to hang with the fast guys. You know, I want to be one of those dudes. I want to be able to hang on these really long rides. I want to be able to do these cool races and events that they're doing. And the group rides yeah. the spark for that. And when Maybird's done, I mean, I want you to come on your Maybird rides, but when, when, it, when Maybird's done, I want you to go to your high school rides. Yeah. You, you know, one yeah. a week. That's all we ask. Yep. <laughs> you are not too good for those. And I'm not, I did but, that. I already, I already went on that. Yeah. I, will, I will get on that soapbox again, but like, you're never too good for these. Like, like yesterday, you know, we climbed at Grandeur Peak. And when you do that alone, it's kind of miserable. You got to have a really but good podcast you're listening to. <laughs> we had like a fun group yesterday. And it's kind of like we got to the top and I didn't even realize I was hiking almost. Like, yeah, I was like, oh, wait, we're here? Well, oh, we're here. okay, yeah. It was so much fun. It's just like we're social people. It's an important part of keeping us healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so with our groups... I think it's super important because we like to be a courteous, polite, friendly team that we don't show up with a massive entire army that's going to overrun popular trails. I mean, it's that's probably okay on some trails that like nobody ever rides or that are empty, but that's kind of hard to find around here. So more and more, um, we do like to send all of our groups to various locations, kind of at various times, the coaches, the individual coaches of the groups kind of determine that. Um, a lot of people when they when they join Maybird, they're like, "So will they ride at the same time at the same place?" Every you know. Nope. Nope. You're they gonna won't. have to watch Team Snap and and the it, light changes. We'll have a more daylight. We might start at different. Like there's just no you know, we yeah. do whatever works best. But the the small groups I think is important because it keeps them well matched. Um, if if you have like a group that's staying together and one kids that clear off the back. And, you know, you have to stop at every fork and wait for that kid to catch up. And then they start going again. That kind of gets rid of some of the nice steadiness of the ride for the for the main group. And it's just kind of demoralizing for the, you know, to get dropped. You can only do that so many times as a person before it it really starts to take its toll, like emotionally. And, And the thing with our groups is, you know, I look at race results. I kind of look at like what kind of winter training do and I. I do my best to kind of match people up. And it's never perfect. We always have to make adjustments. And and I've totally, like, I've been completely wrong on some things. But for the most part, it, it's pretty close. Your hit rate's probably in the 90%. You know? Oh, at least, yeah. Um, and, and the thing is, is, like, it's really easy to adjust and change. And we really try to kind of refine it as the season goes. Like, so, you know, if you show up to a group ride and – you're just getting dropped off the back and the entire group's having to wait for you and talk to me. We'll put you in a group that, that you can ride with. And it feels so much better. It's so much more fun to ride in a group that everyone around you can, you can ride comfortably. That you're like mid packing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's kind of the ideal. I think, you know, is to be like, uh, yeah, 
in, you know, in a well-balanced sort of environment, right? And, and like these rides, they shouldn't feel like midweek races. You shouldn't have to do a race pace effort to keep up on a normal no. Tuesday night group ride. But on the flip side, it shouldn't feel like a recovery ride either. Like no. if you can breathe through your nose, like if you can shut your mouth and breathe through your nose the entire ride, you know, maybe you might have to try a faster group. The interesting thing though, is sometimes like the more advanced groups don't necessarily ride faster. No, they ride longer and they ride maybe more challenging stuff. But like I, I, cause I, I love like everyone's been on that group ride. Cause I think most people listening to this have been on a group ride, but like no one listening to this is like new to group rides. Um, you know, been on a group ride where it's like, no one can talk because everyone's like, race. I'm like, just do a race. Like we have midweek races. They're great. Do them. If that's, you know, like, you know, they, that, that effort has its place, but like the group rides are the most magical when it's like everybody is well-matched and working, you know, working somewhat hard and having a lot of fun. Right. Yeah. You know? And so I, I really, um, you know, when you, when you kind of see your groups, uh, you know, if, if you think you're too fast for that group, I don't know. Maybe you are. I try would say I would say probably try it first. We're really. I don't know if we ever like move people before like the season starts because you gotta the, give it a you shot. You know, the only reason I ever do is like, you know, if you've got like a rider from Bountiful that has a, you know, a lot of times they do it for like carpool or friend type reasons, but, um, you know, but those are kind of. I think of I'd only ever want to like move a kid into a slower group. That you, we just you never want to tack a kid into a group that just can't hang. Yeah. And, and to be honest, uh, most of the time, th- and there's a few times that this isn't the case, but most of the times the parents had me move a kid to a different group, that kid ends up kind of being an anchor in that group. Yeah. Sometimes they're fine, but usually you're, you're wrong. So. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, so we, we have try, some trust. Yeah. So, you know, and we do like, it's really easy to kind of move these groups around and make adjustments and so forth. And we're really happy to do that. But usually we like it to be kind of at the recommendation of the coaches that ride with the group. Right. Like the coach is like, Hey, little Timmy, maybe just try group down or you know, group over whatever. But like parents usually aren't like the best ones to be making the call. And, you know, if you get moved down a group, don't feel bad. But let me tell you something really interesting. And this kind of might even be kind of our ending note because we're about, we're basically done is I was thinking about all of our fastest riders on Maybird, like Miles Baker, Andrew Preston, Joe Reinhardt, Ben Bigwood, Ben Bigwood, the Gibbons twins. All of those guys actually started out in Maybird's slowest group. Really? Did they? And they progressed. I mean, they kept getting moved up, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they kept getting moved up to different groups there, you know, a couple times in the season, they might even have moved up, but they all started out like in, in one, like they didn't start out in the pink group. Yeah. They didn't start, you didn't start out in the black diamond group. Yeah. You, you, you end up there, right? Yeah. It'll so, be obvious when you're ready for it. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully, like, hopefully this wasn't too painful to listen to. We, We're we, just over an hour here, which is actually shorter than our average podcast. Well, we try so. to keep them around an hour. We hope that, you know, we hope that um, we do put a lot of time and effort into these, so we hope people continue to listen. Um, but I, I really hope that, you know, if, if you're one of our writers out there listening, you know, I hope you've got big, exciting things planned for this season. And we want to help you accomplish that in a healthy, sustainable way. Um, and we hope this that this sport 
makes you a better, happier person. Like that it, it brings you joy. It's something that you look forward to being able to ride your bike at the end of the day or being able to exercise or strength train or whatever it takes to make you a better athlete at the end of the day. We hope this is, this is something that, that, that brings you joy. You look forward to, it's not a job. It's, it's fun. It's play, but well, that's, that's all I have, Joe. So yeah, as a, as a heads up, just one more time, get a pitch running group Zwift. And then these hikes, I think we want to keep doing more of those. So like look for team snap. We're going to put those things up. Uh, they'll be out there. We'll try to put them in the Instagram tool. People are getting, yeah, used we're going to try to do hikes every Saturday. Yeah. So look for those, um, look for on the bike note, uh, in the next episode or two, uh, we will have a bike episode. And then I'm also going to be hosting a, uh, live bike clinic where I, I really want to like have some people who are actually shopping for bikes walk me through what they need and I show everybody my process and stuff. So we'll have a lot more of that stuff coming. Keep an eye out for it. Keep, stay motivated. You know, people who are really missing the summer, this is the hardest time of the year for me. I'm. Oh, but enjoy like, your winter sports. Yeah. Stay active. Do something every yeah. day to be a better athlete. Do, do all the good stuff. And if you have any questions, anything you want people to run over, um, just be sure to let us know. Okay. Talk to you guys next week. <laughs>